Merry Christmas, Dave Holmes. Merry Christmas, Matt McConkie. It's here. Oh, boy. And it's just like all the other days. That's right. And we are recording this a week in advance. So once again, disclaimer, if the world has ended or we have passed, uh, Mm -hmm. we love you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for listening from beyond the grave. Um, Yeah. So it is Christmas. We're determined to have a good time. Um, We're, you know, getting a takeout dinner. We got presents to unwrap. We got, uh, you know. Did you go with all time? The all time in Los Feliz for Christmas dinner? They were sold out. They were sold out. Ah, out. So we did uh, the front yard in uh, in Studio City. Oh, great. Yep. We're going to, yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be, it's It's going to be a beautiful day. It's going to be a beautiful day. And then next week, it's going to be 2021 and everything will be different and better. That's it. It can't get worse. It, no, it really get worse. cannot get worse. Okay. But you know what? Cannot get better. What? What's going on? Talking to Sandra Bernhard. It's oh. like, it's, okay. So Sandra Bernhard is our guest. Yes. we. She's been on the list from the very, very beginning. Yes. And uh, my nervousness level will be, will be noticeable to the oh, naked. I, I, by the way, you held it together beautifully. I, I don't was think that that's true. Uh, visibly shaking. I mean, uh, this was the only this I think the only time that we have had a guest where I've just been texting people that I haven't even spoken to in years to be like, you'll yeah. never believe who I'm about to talk to. Yeah. Yeah. Insane. I mean, she is the get she, of gets. She's okay, we don't the get of gets. We don't need to tell you, listener how about her significance about like what why she is important why she is uh, iconic and uh, hilarious and wonderful um she's been i mean without you i'm nothing as i struggled to tell her in this was was some, was so important to me when i got that cassette of the of the recording on on broadway in like 89 or whatever 90 um just such a like it it so informed the way that i looked at the world and like offered me a, like a, a light. Like there is a world for a mind like this to live in and you should go there. You know, you should like go find it. I, I just think the world of her, I listened to, I could listen to her talk about, you know, the, the, the freezer at the whole foods, you know, yes. not working correctly on Sandy land all day. All day. Um, she's, she's truly, uh, one of the greats and we have her here and I can't, I can't believe it. I can't, I can't hold it together. Uh, yeah. And I, I can't imagine a better Christmas present to give to our little baby homophiliacs other than um, listen, this conversation. I mean, and uh, it goes without saying, but you know, she's on pose currently. She mm-hmm. uh, was on Roseanne. She's uh, com- one of comedy central's 100 greatest standups of all time. Of course. I, she, she's, if you have not seen the King of comedy, it's an overlooked Martin Scorsese movie um, oh. from 81, I guess 82. Um, she, she is so fucking unhinged and brilliant in that movie. Uh, it'll change your life. Beat um, Meryl Streep out for it. that role, by the way. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. literally no one else could have played that. But L- yeah, it's, it's an incredible movie and her performance is top notch. She's great in pose. And she's just cool as shit. Let's not waste another second. Folks. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Here she is.
We're back with Sandra Bernhard. Hello, Sandra. Hi, guys. How's it going? What a dream to have you here. I cannot even tell you. You were uh, uh, top of our list from day one. Thank you. Well, as well, I should be. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> You're damn right. Uh, Sandra, how, how are you? Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I mean, you know, I have my moments, you know, every, maybe every couple of days where I feel like, you know, I'm going to lose my mind. But mm. other than that, I'm doing, <laughs> I'm doing great. Yeah. I, I mean, of course, you know, nobody wants to be in this situation. I mean, I happen to be like one of the, the really, I don't like the, like to use the word lucky, but I guess lucky, blessed, you know, thankful that, you know, I have a great life and, you know, I, I have a safe environment and I have a fabulous, you know, partner and a great daughter and a fabulous dog. And, you know, we're not in, in dire straits like so many people are right now. So I'm just very thankful about that. But, you know, of course, mentally, emotionally, you do get, you know, kind of sideswiped every few days because you think, wow. What would I be doing if things were quote unquote normal? You know, I'd be getting ready to do my show at Joe's Pub. Uh I'd be like, you know, putting material together and songs and I'd be, I'd just be out and about. I mean, and any number of other things could be going on right now and they're just not. And that's how it is. And I feel like we're turning the corner now that we've elected a sentient, caring person to be our, our leader. And I think also the great thing about having gone through this pandemic and still being in the middle of it is that we we've all or or those who are willing to learn the lessons have learned that we can get by on a lot less than we that we thought we could and i mean that you know monetarily physically emotionally i think that this is a great time to just like reassess everything in your life and take it from the top, you know, and, and when we get back to a more, you know, movable feast, maybe we will have made some changes that were important and positive in our lives. Right. What is what? the minutia of your day right now? What can you, can walk us through <laughs> what has happened today up until this moment? Um, well, I get up and today our housekeeper, Yesenia, comes who um, is fabulous and wonderful. And we're so glad we've been able to like continue to support her during this time. Um, so I changed the sheets on Sunday. So I, I, I washed the sheets and changed the bed myself. I don't know. It's just like a thing I got, I got into. So when I get up on, I almost every day I get up, I have my um, celery fresh. That's not fresh. It's from, it's from the, the um, juice press celery juice with, some sort of a vitamin C. It's like, it's, it almost tastes salty and it's like, kind of looks like fat, but it's a special kind of vitamin C that's really good for you. So I start my day with that and my probiotic and my, all my things, my supplements. And then I do another juice with, you know, greens and this, that, and the other thing. And, um, I check my emails. I check my, um, see if anybody texted me. I look at my social media I make my bed, I wash up, and today I had, you know, I was preparing to meet and talk to you guys, and earlier I did a um, kind of a PSA for um, the holidays um, that Disney wanted us to do. They're, they're the parent company of um, FX and Pose, which we're still in the middle of shooting um, season three, 
So, I mean, that's been kind of crazy because we started shooting it last March and then picked up again about two months ago. But it's slow going. I mean, you know, so I don't have any idea when season three will, will you know, air or anything. But so I work when they need me to work. And then in between, I'm, you know, I just do my thing. I, I, I'm very like house centric. I'm always cleaning. I'm doing laundry. I go, I do grocery shopping. My girlfriend partner just got a very big job. So she's working out of our daughter's room because our daughter moved out. She's got, our daughter has a job working at a little cafe, making eggs and, and she's a barista. It's kind of a to-go cafe and she's living in Brooklyn. So everybody is like in full tilt. And then George, our dog gets picked up by Brittany, our dog walker, usually around 10, 30 or 11. So he's out for a few hours with his, his gang. And, um, and like, you know, right before I, I started talking to you guys, I made a pot of turkey chili. <laughs> Come on now. Mm, delicious. Yes. Good chili weather. Well, you know, it's always good chili weather for me. I love chili. I can eat turkey chili like at least once a week. But we try to really, we've really cooked a lot. I mean, my girlfriend just got her job a couple of months ago. Up until then, she was doing a lot of cooking. Now I'm doing a lot of cooking. Endless, endless shopping. You know, we've been eating very well, taking really excellent care. And I, I do a little mini workout in my, in my house. So I've got weights and I've got bands and I've got a slam ball. So every day I do some variation of a workout. Because I, I, I use, well, when normal times I work out with my trainer, Butch, twice a week. And I try to walk a couple miles a day as well, just so I'm, you know, staying active and strong and, you know, with it. So that's sort of the minutiae, you know, and usually around four o'clock, I, I watch uh, Nicole Wallace, Deadline um, White House, um, one of my favorite people. Unmissable. Unmissable, but now she's on for two hours, so I'll catch the second hour. Uh-huh. And then we segue into some, you know, um, I usually, oh, I always watch Jeopardy. I'm heartbroken that, um, um, you know, I'm, I'm blanking on our wonderful Alex Treeback has passed away. I, I felt like mm-hmm. he'll be fine. He just seems to just like bounce, keep bouncing back. And I was just like totally leveled when, when I found out he had passed away. So I'm bummed yeah. about that. So I'm trying to watch it every night to see, you know, see what's happening there. <laughs> what's the What's the feeling on the streets in New York City? Like, what is are, are people? Where are you? Uh, we're in Los Angeles. Oh, you're in L.A. Oh. I'm in I'm in Studio City. I am not far from Blix, Sandra. Pro- what street are you on? I'm on Khalifa. Oh, sure. Yeah. Love Khalifa. Yeah. Um, well, it's fine. I mean, it's fine in New York. It's really not, it's it's. We live in Chelsea. We live very far west, um, mm-hmm. you know, like a block from the river. People are, you know, basically masked, most of the people. Um, restaurants have their outdoor seating, which I think is insane because it's just like mm-hmm. they built all these little huts that are just like, you know, indoor, outdoor. It doesn't make any sense, but people are, they're eating outdoors, indoors, outdoors, whatever that you want to call it. It's, got, it's gotten cold, so now it's cold. But it'll warm up again like it always does. And, um, you know, it's, it's New York. It's always – there's a lot of construction going on, a lot of buildings going up that, that were started before the pandemic. They're finishing them now. I can't wait till they're all done. They're doing road work constantly. Our building, they're putting on a new, a new membrane on our roof, a project that's been underway now for <laughs> 10 years because some of the people on the top floor, the penthouse wouldn't pay their, their fair share. So it was a whole big – 
crisis. Um, so, you know, it's really like it, everything is fine. I mean, can, does, is this, does it feel like the holiday season? Not particularly, not like it usually does. Right. Um, but it doesn't feel bad and, and people are pretty calm. So I don't, I don't know. Again, I, this whole, you know, notion that New York is like a ghost town. Oh, comparatively it's quiet because, you know, the theaters, you know, closed and, and clubs are closed. And, um, of course, you know, I mean, things are just quieter. There's not, not any tourists. People are not coming to town, but, there's New Yorkers and we're all, you know, we're out, we're moving, we're grooving, we're walking, we're shopping, we're living. Do you yeah. still see the neighbor who, isn't there an older woman who asks yes, you every day? Yes, yes, yes. And am I going to see you on TV again, Sandy? Um, <laughs> but I honestly, I don't mean to sound like paranoid, but she smokes like a chimney. They all do. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's this, you know, government funded housing down the street and I love everybody there, but they cough and they're smoking. And I'm like, I just kind of like, I avoid them a little bit right now. I'm sure. just, yeah. you know, that's wise. And also like, they're not wearing masks and, and I'm sure they're all safe because they're all living in this one place and nobody seems to have, they're all there. They're probably safer than most of us, but um, I'm a little bit wary of just talking to people on the street too much. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm been really, I've been really, you know, vigilant about staying healthy because I, I mean, this is, I am my work and I can't pass it off to somebody else. I got to keep my shit together. Exactly. So no Joe's pub show this year, obviously. Um, what have you thought about what songs would be in it? What, what were the, what was the music of your 2020? <laughs> well, you know, I hadn't really chosen my songs yet because I mean, I didn't, I didn't even fully, you know, exploit the show from last year. I mean, I did it at Joe's pub and then I did it like once in Palm Springs last February 14th. And uh, Valentine's day was the last day I performed live 2020. So I hadn't really, I didn't, I didn't think about it and I still really haven't thought about it. So now I'm putting that all on hold for, you know, New Year's Eve, 2021. Uh And I'll do the show and and it'll be, Oh, well, whatever. And, you know, hopefully by the summer, I feel like I'll be able to get back on the road um, and, and, you know, come west and do some shows. You know, maybe I'll do L.A. over the summer, San Francisco, you know, right. hit the coast. Did any music really grab you this year? Any music? Yeah. I'll tell you what I fall in love with. My daughter turned me on to it. And, of course, I'm a huge, long, long time fan of Kylie Minogue and her new song. Yeah. Say Something. Have you heard that? I so have, good, yeah. yeah. I opened my, my own show, Sandyland, about last week, and it's just rocking my world. So that's my number one favorite song of the year. Yeah. It's what are you watching in much. quarantine? What's oh on my your God. DVR? Well, list? we just finished last night, The Crown. We really tried to stretch oh, it out. We I are knew pe- in the middle of stretching it out. I knew people who were like, you know, binging on it. I was like, why would you want to do that? You can't, it's so rich. It's, there's so, it's so dense and layered and rich. You've got to like at least have a day in between episodes, if not a couple of days. Um, and of course I'm heartbroken because it'll be a different cast for the season five. Yeah. And I'm bummed about that. Cause you know, you, you adjust to the new characters and the, the new actors and they bring something different to it. And are you I mean, a Royal watcher normally? Well, I 
I've always like been fascinated by the Royals. I, I years ago, I, I guess I, I always try to remember the exact year. I guess it was probably '88. I performed at the Prince's Trust, and I actually met um, Princess Di and 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 um, Charles afterwards at a at a you know a special because all the performers got to meet them and. It was amazing because she she was getting ready to go back to um, Buckingham Palace and swim laps at midnight. Wow. Apparently, that's what she, she was into. And she was so sweet and so engaged and so present. And I always think, wow, that was really one of the coolest things that I got I got to meet Di. And you know, it's just it's just it's just heartbreaking, heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I lo- London. You know, I think London is my number one favorite city in the world. If I could live in London and you know, be able to work there and live there for a while. I'd be, I'd be so happy. I just love London. Yeah. Always have. So we're watching that. We, um, I finished uh, Queen's Gambit, mm-hmm. which it was also, I thought, one of the just best shows of the year. Yeah. That young actress is super talented. Um, we've been watching the, uh, documentary, the rate about the Reagans. Um, our friend Matt Turnauer directed that for Showtime. Oh, yeah. We have Matt on the show. He's great. Matt's fabulous. He's been on my show too. And my girlfriend used to work at Vanity Fair, so they know each other from those days. Um, what else? Um, I mean, we've watched so much, you know, and it's funny because I'm, I, I have to sit down and really compile a list of all the shows that I've watched because you forget about it. the minute it's done, you forget, you right. know. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's been and it's content. been and it's been nine months. You know, it's been nine months of of of, of actually having quite a bit to watch and, and quite a bit good. Oh, we love the undoing. That was that was totally distracting and fabulous. I love anything with with Nicole and Nikki Kidman. She's, of course, she's just you know, her walking and those coats and those wigs. I, I know. I mean, she's a trip. She's a trip. So those are some of the things, you know, off the top of my head. We're big football fans too, so we watch a lot of football. Uh-huh. Shockingly, I know football. <laughs> um, it's absurd, but we do watch football and um, tennis. You know, I'm, tennis is my number one sport. Serena and, and Venus, of course, are my my absolute faves. Um, but now it's it's the quiet time with tennis. Right. So that's kind of you know that's kind of my you know up-to-date list of things we've been watching, but it's much, much longer if sure. we go back to the beginning of the year, but yeah. I, I wouldn't be able to who, pull it out the top of my head. Who could do that? Yeah, I can't. This year I can't. Just, time it's has warped. A wash. It's a wash. Um, uh, getting back to the crown, have you seen the movie God's Own Country? No. You must. I've heard that. Isn't that with, yes, yes. I read Prince Charles. Yes. I read the interview with him in the New York Times. Yeah. Thank you for reminding me of that. It is. God's Own Country. I hear it's fantastic. Yeah. Thank you. I will watch that. Such a good job. Oh, he's fabulous. He's divine. Um, I have to, I have to tell you, um, Without You, I'm Nothing is essentially a sacred text in my <laughs> life. Thank you. Um, never got the chance to see it, you know, uh, see the show, but uh, but I had the I had the cassette 
<laughs> in uh, yes. 1990. And yes. uh, yeah, it was, it spoke very, it spoke to a, to a young queer St. Louis soul. Oh, that's where and, my girlfriend uh, is from. She's from St. Louis. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Love um, St. Louis. Yeah. It's. I mean, know. it has like great things about it. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I like visiting. Yeah, I, of course. I, I Nobody can't. wants to live there. No, no. No. Although I will say it's got an incredible culinary scene right now because uh-huh. it's so inexpensive to to own and, and operate a restaurant. So there are a lot of young chefs making a name for themselves. Yeah, last time we were there, we went to a fabulous vegetarian place that was quite delicious. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Small. I don't know. No, it was, it was really good. Sure. We ate there every day. But anyway. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so without you, I'm nothing. You know, the movie, the film was so different than the, the live performance, obviously. Right. I mean, we really opened it up for the, you know, for the, for the you know, for the, med- the medium. Right. Um, but both, I thought, you know, held their own. And, um, yeah, I mean, you know, it was magic. It, you know, it just it came together on the heels of, in, of all the years I had already been performing and doing my sort of offbeat, you know, mm-hmm. kind of style. And then John Boscovich, who I met through my then um, girlfriend, Sally, um, he went to CalArts. He had like a great visual eye and he was just kind of irreverent and insane. And we just hit it off. And it was the timing was just really perfect for that collaboration. And yeah, um, yeah it's, um, it really captured the time. Yeah, it, it was such a an uh, like, it was a look at popular culture that was that that I had never seen at the time. That was like deep, and and irreverent, and also sort of respectful. Like you took it seriously, but it was like it was it was. All I can say it was a very queer perspective on culture, and it affected me deeply. I'm so glad. Thank you. Yeah. Do you go back Thank and you. watch the old stuff ever? Do you go go no, down the Sandra I, Bernard rabbit hole? I, well, the only reason I'm even like adjacent to you know the old stuff is because I've got three super fans on on Instagram adoring Sandra Bernhard, which Sandra Bernhard are you and Sandra Bernhard fan, and they have called all of these you know videos and photos and pieces from that from almost the beginning of my career, and and they post it every day, and every time I get up and I look at my my Instagram feed, I'm like how did you guys find something new? I'm like, and it's stuff that I don't remember doing or saying, or, you know, some of it I do, but a lot of it I don't. So that's the only reason I've kind of been, you know, looking at my archival um, stuff, you know, and, um, and really enjoying it. It's, it's fun. It's fun to see it, but I don't, I mean, I don't look at it and go, Oh God, I don't know. It's I, I'm, I have a nice healthy detachment from my work and myself as a, person in the public eye so for me I look at it and go oh that was fun you know and it's just it's cool to see yourself you know in hair and makeup and looking glamorous and pretty and I I miss of course I miss that this year too but we'll get back to it of course um I uh I got a copy of I'm your woman off eBay last week oh fun yeah it is it is such a fun record it is a, isn't so, that a fun record. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And a time capsule, like it, I, it's, I know, I know. It's um, again, I collaborated with a friend of mine who was an artist. Uh, mm-hmm. um, um, take me a minute to think of his name because we kind of had a falling out, and I haven't. Uh, Rick Maslow was his name. Yeah. Uh, he was a painter, and 
I don't know how he ended up getting involved with it, but my producer went on a bender. He had worked with Grace Jones and Marianne Faithful, and he wasn't showing up to the studio half the time. And when he was, he was fucked up. So, so um, Rick, who liked music, and I sort of produced the album together. And so it's it's funny. Just I know it it did not get. Of course, nothing I've ever done in the in the musical realm has gotten the support I would have liked it to 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 to, to, to get. So. You know, nothing ever, you know, went gold or platinum, but, you know, I had fun doing it. So that's, that's, it's, that's what, sometimes that's all you have to, you have to, you have to settle for that. You know, when I moved to LA from New York at the end of 01, beginning of 02, my boyfriend at the time gave me, I believe it was, I'm still here, damn it. Is Mm -hmm. that the one with the, the, um, that's my LA piece? in it and that, whichever album has that's my la and you i i won't butcher it but just <laughs> listening to you describe your la and driving over the hill back into the valley oh and yeah, the yeah and yeah. kcrw and every like cast such a spell on me that otherwise i would have done that sort of boring thing where you you think you're too cool because you moved from new york you know but i it just gave me such a lens to look at LA and I never looked back. Yeah. Um, well, LA, LA has a, a whole other wonderful text, textural emotion to it that, you know, if you're not really, um, you're not willing to go a little deeper out there, you won't necessarily connect with it or find it. But I've always, I mean, I li- that was my base for so many years. And I, and, and that those times of driving and thinking and listening to music and, running home and, and literally typing on my typewriter ideas um, were like magical. And I miss, I miss living there. I mean, eventually we might be back. I don't know. It's just, it's hard right now. It's hard work and yeah. t- places and time. I don't know. It's just, and of course I haven't been there since February and that is just unbelievable. It's the longest I've ever been away from LA. Yeah. It's fucking year. Yeah, God it's been it's been a it's been an ass kicker. It has been a real ass kicker. Yeah, that is for Absol- damn sure. Absolutely, without a doubt. Yeah, I've I have not seen St. Louis this calendar year and won't. No, which is fucking bananas. Yeah, is, I'm happy is to it, have an excuse not to go to New Jersey and Ohio and all of the those yeah. obligatory family places, but but yeah, still an ass kicker. Yeah. How is it creatively for you this year? Are you? I'm not, I'm not feeling particularly creative in the way, no. I mean, since I didn't have, I, I thought I was going to start writing a book and I started writing ideas and I was like, ugh, I, it's hard to be disciplined when you have to be disciplined just sort of to get through each day. So I can't say that I'm like, I'm, I, I have written some stuff and, and, and I, my mind is active, but I mean, I don't know. I did, I, I, I I don't know. I don't know. Trying to do stuff online or, you know, trying to do these little pieces or, you know, it's, it's too, I don't know. It's too suffocating because you have to like, you want to look good and the lighting and you can't, you can't really make it sound good. It's just, it's too much. So I'm, I'm jotting things down and, and I know when things, you know, crack open, I'll be ready to jump back in. Do you look at the, the landscape of like kind of up 
up and coming comedians and entertainers. Cause I, I was thinking about you and like when I was young and first introduced to you and what grabbed me so much. And it was that there was, there was just no one like you. There still is no one like you, but that this, you know, brash, sardonic, like unapologetically glamorous voice was so it was and is so exciting, but I do sort of feel like that's how everyone at least is marketing themselves now right, in right. a way that they weren't. Yeah, and yeah. what is it like to be Sandra Bernhardt and look at a sea of sort of wannabe Sandra Bernhardt? Well, you know, and, and, and of course the market has really opened up because, you know, there's so many transgender performers and, and, and there's just all bets are off. So I'm constantly trying to find a different way in. And I, I mean, that certainly on Sandyland, my show, I, I mean, I really go to the quotidian in, 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 my, in my kind of opening monologues and stuff because, I don't know, I think people want to know what my day-to-day life is like, like you did when you asked me about it. And so I've sort of started trading on that. And it's almost anti-glamour. And nobody's living my life, so they can't really copy it or emulate it. And it's like, how, how, how many times can you be like, you know, smart ass or groovy or sexy? I mean, it's sort of like, that doesn't really work for me day to day per se. I mean, certainly when I'm on stage, there's still moments that I love that, but I don't know. And I, and I don't, I'm not, I don't necessarily love the heartfelt aspect of, you know, entertaining. <laughs> then you start getting maudlin. So it's, it's a fine line to walk, but you know, you got to just keep, you know, staying authentic. And that's, that's all you can do because, you know, all of this sort of forced, you know, glamour and, and unless you were there, unless you really experienced it firsthand, you can't, you don't really know what it was like. And it's just not like that anymore. So, you know, I'm lucky. I'm still really good friends with Andre Leanne Talley and we talk every day. And so it's really fun, but we also get very real with each other. So our friendship has gone to another level and that means a lot to me too. So it's about honing my craft and also really getting to know people who I've known for years in a more kind of essential way. I hate that he is not still doing his radio show. Well, yeah, he didn't, I, they, you know, they didn't want to pay him enough money. You know, they don't pay anybody enough money is serious, but that's not, that's not why you do it. You do it because it, because it's just fun to be in out in the world in a very sort of carefree way. I know. I wish he was doing it too, but I don't know. He just wasn't into it. Yeah. Do you miss the studios at all? You mean going into the studio? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do. I really like, I like having a guest live. I like being face to face with somebody. Um, and of course I love taking calls live and, and it's also, you get up, you go, you get on the, the, the subway, you get there, you, yeah, I mean, it's a whole process getting your head into it. And now that I do it from home, it's a little less dynamic. Yeah. I'm on air at one of the music stations and I used to love going to the studios in New York cause you would never know who you would bump into. Right. Like it's, it's like that lobby is such a hive of activity at exactly. all times. Exactly. Totally. And, I, and then I would just like, I would walk around the talk area and inevitably somebody I know who was on the air would like pull me in, you know, cause you've yeah. always got time to fill. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, exactly. I know it's yeah. so fun and, and carefree and very spontaneous. Yeah. 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 The LA studios never really captured that spirit. They're better now. Well, yeah, they, they're they're like the, now, they have the, now, but they have the new studio, which I, I never got a chance to go to because it kind of opened just 
as everything collapsed. As everything, as the world burned down. Yeah, it's it, it will, I think, you know, if things come back, it will it will be a little bit more like New York, but still not still not quite. No, no. Um yeah. It, it won't it won't have the same, you know, pretzel stick vibe of the uh of the yes. New York studios and kitchen. Exactly. It's a threadbare <laughs> experience. Operation. <laughs> it is, yeah. Somehow. Or I yeah. guess I, I don't know, whatever. Um, you're doing Sandy Land now once a week? Just once a week, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I had to, I had to cut it back because uh, of my filming schedule on, on right. Pose. And then I just decided I'd, I couldn't do it four days a week anymore. It was too hard. Right. You know, what, what are the protocols on, on Pose now? Well, everybody gets constantly? tested. Oh, yeah, constantly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, and everybody who's not essential, of course, I mean, is sort of, not always on the set. There's much fewer people on the set. It's a much shorter day of shooting. Right. It's much more condensed and they don't mess around. Right. What is spirituality like for you right now? What is your spiritual life when you're, you know, someone who I know values traditions and, and rituals that you, you know, your access to those things is, is, is so limited? Well, actually, I found this really cool, um, very progressive, uh, socially, um, you know, conscious um, congregation called Ramamu, uh, and they do their um, Shabbat services online, Zoom, and I've and I started doing them at the high holidays, and I was like, oh my god, the music was amazing, their message was incredible, lots of women rabbis, and like really, really like an active community of like social justice and like just full on taking Judaism and putting it where it belongs, like, you know, on the street, helping people, you know, changing the way the world is, which, I mean, if religion and spirituality don't accomplish that, if it's just insular and just, you're just doing it for yourself, it has practically no meaning at all. So that's been really cool and um, very inspiring. So I'm excited and happy about that in my life. Yeah. Um, how did you and Sarah meet? Uh, we met because she was um, the uh, entertainment editor for a short period of time at Harper's Bazaar. Mm-hmm. And she asked me to write a piece about um, the, um, the, the new millennium, like, you know, what was going to happen, you know, in two, 2000. So this was 1999. And mm-hmm. um, so we got in touch and, and, um, I'd come back from a long trip to Europe and I and literally bumped into her on the street because she lived around the corner unbeknownst to me and we'd start talking. And then I wrote the piece and it had some hiccups, but we connected and we started um, hanging out. It was a very, it was a very sort of fortuitous kis, kismet like situation. Yeah. W- what was in store for the new millennium? Um, <laughs> not a damn thing <laughs> everything we thought was going to happen didn't happen i didn't think anything was going to happen i just thought it'd be like you know i mean it's hard it's hard to leave a time like you know centuries and eras and you know in the 1900s i mean and there was something about being born in 1955 and then the, my daughter was born in 1998 i mean i like saying 19 something Mm-hmm. I don't particularly like saying 2020, you know, yeah. doesn't have the, the zing I would like. 
So that was to me that the hardest thing was thinking about not being able to say 19, you know, 1999 today, tonight we're going to party like it's 1999 or 19. I don't know. I like the saying 19. So I miss that. But other than that, you know, it is, it's, it's, you know, it's been a strange um, couple of decades. Yeah. It sure you is. Know, as we know. Stranger. And hopefully it's going to straighten itself out. I mean, for a while anyway, mm. I hope. Yeah. Aside from touring and doing a, you know, a, a show in 2021, do you, what's your sort of fantasy post COVID blowout trip jaunt um, celebration? What have you? Well, I would really like to go. There's a myriad of places I want to go. I mean, I'd love to go back to Morocco again. One of these days. I love Morocco. Um, I'd love to go. I just want to go back to the places I love, you know, London, Paris, um, Italy, just, you know, just hang out, um, see friends, just go anywhere, just be able to go anywhere. And, but, but not just like wastefully, you know, with purpose and meaning. And, you know, of course, always connecting with friends, which sort of like travel without friends doesn't really have all that much meaning to me these days. Okay. How, at what point, when you were dating Sarah, you also, Sicily was one. One. Yeah. She was just how, turning one. Okay. How how was dating with a with an infant? Um well, it's easier than dating with, with if your if your kid's five or six or ten. Yeah. You know, and, and she adapted to Sarah right away. And it was, you know, it was serious it was serious pretty much within a couple of months. Yeah. And Sarah's a serious person. She never would have gotten involved had she not been able to, you know feel comfortable and commit to, to being a mother. And she's an incredible mother and she brought so much to Cicely's life and to my life in ways that I didn't even know were missing. Um, and was able to help form Cicely's character in a way that I, on my own, I don't think I, I probably could have done. So she, um, it was, I mean, it was super fun and sexy and fabulous and romantic and wonderful and simultaneously forming, you know, our nucleus and becoming a family. So it was kind of, it was everything. And then, you know, busy with our our careers and, you know, and traveling and and getting to know each other's friends. And it's all, it's just, it's, it's continued to be so much fun. Sarah's really one of the funniest people I know. And we, really really do laugh like our asses off at shit and we have so much fun and we've written together we've written scripts we you know we just we just really have a good time how how did you know it was serious at what point were you like this is it oh i think i think pretty much right off the bat because she's a very you know she's a got a lot of um 
gravitas and a lot and she just doesn't she just doesn't fuck around she's just not that kind of person with anybody and she is you know she's from st louis she's polite she's thoughtful she's she's aware she's present she's conscious and she's just a beautiful person all the way around and she's tough and strong and you know she doesn't like frivolous people so that that's when you know you're gonna stick it out with somebody right that piece that you wrote that, that, that brought you together about you know the new millennium if you had to if you were tasked with writing one now for what's <laughs> yeah. what lies ahead in 2021 for you for the world uh what would be on that sort of vision board well i think um I think really like the separation of, of, of the intellectual and the, the anti-intellectual. Uh, I think that when I look at so many people in this country who've just basically, you know, handed over their, their power and their, their ability to, to be, you know, self-sufficient to, 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 to utter stupidity, I, I have very little compassion for it. I think that, you know, when I was growing up, being educated, reading, being aware, being involved in, in, in things, you know, politically and, and culturally was, was an important part of, of who we were. And when you turn your back on that and you have contempt for it and you're just basically of complete ass, I mean, it's just sort of like, ugh, who cares? Like, good luck, you know? I mean, I always want to be that the kind of person who, like, you know, has, has an interesting interaction with somebody unlikely. And that still can happen. But when you're talking about people who've been blatant about, you know, just rejecting any sort of sanity, I don't know. I feel like I don't have much patience left for those people. And then, of course, if they get sick and then they go to the hospital and they endanger frontline workers, you go... Why don't you just go crawl out into the woods and die, motherfucker? You didn't. You didn't, You were. You laughed. You scoffed. You. 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 You know. Tormented. You. You. Whatever the fuck you did. So why are you coming for help now? If you didn't think this was serious, then then be willing to die for it. I mean, I don't know what else to say. I, I think that. I think that's the only fair thing to do. Yeah. If you're not gonna. If you're not gonna contribute to society and give and support and, and, and get on board with what's just normal human decency, then you don't deserve all the good things that come out of that. Right. To me, this, this time feels like it, it feels like the end of something uh, that has guided us for centuries, perhaps, which is the hunch, like the hunch of the confident man. You know, yeah, like yeah. men's instinct has 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 led us to where we are, and we have finally hit a thing that you can't like. You know, people had a hunch that it was just going to be like the flu and whatever, and it's this thing doesn't give a fuck about your hunch. You right. have to pay attention to science, and you have to be like the the only way through is is with sacrifice and empathy and compassion. 
Correct. You know what I mean? We're just we're just at the ta- like dumb guys with money and hunches have launched <laughs> uh, fucking terrible place. Yeah, and we're we're only going to get through it by empathy if we're going to get through it at all. Yeah, well, I I think that's why people are are you know definitely excited about Joe Biden. I think it's a, he's a man who's had a lot of loss, a lot of mm-hmm. you know self realization, who's been willing to look at himself and accept himself for the mistakes he's made and, and correct them. And he listens, he's listening. He knows he's a, he's a, a bridge between, you know, what has been and what will be. And I, I think that he's made a conscious decision to surround himself with, you know, a very wide swath of, of, you know, different kind of people. Mm-hmm. Another big change in this moment is I've developed a massive crush on Ari Melber. Yeah. Uh, well, I he's good. He's great. I, I mean, I, everybody over there. Around Nicole, but. What's that? He's no Nicole Wallace, but. No, he's, he's no he's Nicole great. Wallace. He's good. Everybody, everybody has their own unique style over there, you know, obviously, right. you know. Right. right. But there's a lot, of, um, a lot of good voices. And, of course, you know. I mean, there's great people writing at the New York Times. There's great people at the Washington Post. There's great people at the New Yorker. And, you know, there's so many people that are willing to put themselves out on the line to clean up this mess and who have held us up during it, you know, that it's, there's a lot of kudos and thank yous and bravos to be passed around from, you know, people like Stacey Abrams, you know, I mean, it was just, so many incredible women of color have come through for us when we have done nothing but reject and, and, and shit on and, and abused. And yet they still come through. They still yeah. come through. You, if I am not mistaken, have there's, there's Trumpiness in your immediate family, correct? Oh, my father. Yeah. Yeah. Is that who's not, who's not, who just turned 98? Uh, yeah. Wow. How, how, how is he? How, how poetic. Well, he's, yeah. he's totally estranged from me and my three brothers. So no, we don't know for sure how he is. But once in a blue moon, he shows up on Facebook, which is, you know, totally insane. So, you know, it's not nobody's it's not the way anybody wanted it, but it's the way he's always been. He is um, he's somebody who blames other people for everything and wants to be celebrated. So, yeah. I mean, that's very it is it's very Trumpian. <clears throat> yikes yeah, yeah. We're, we're all good though we're all good 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 sandra bernhard thank you so so it was much. a pleasure talking to both of you um, you are our queen and it's such an honor thank you well I'm, i like to be a queen and i like to be a worker bee all at the same time you know there's a lot <laughs> yeah, of work of to be done things. every day and yeah, I always say if I can't carry the weight, then I don't, I'm not going to hand it to somebody else to do it for me. And that's sort of how I've lived my life, you know. I pick up my own bags, I pack my bags, I arrive and unpack my bags. And that's, that's how it's got to be now, now more than ever. So I really appreciate a wonderful interview. And it's great to like talk during these times because you figure things out as you go along. Yeah. So be well, be safe. Happy holidays to everybody. And Much let's love to it. the fam. Thank you. Thank you, darlings. Thank you we both. Can't wait to so see much. you live in 2021. Yes. You and me both. Yes. And inshallah. Sh- and
Inshallah. Thank you. Well, Matt, we've come to the end of another episode. Dave, 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 Dave. Thank you for being here with me, giving me a reason to live. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for reviewing us on Apple Podcasts with five stars only, of course. Thank you to Renee Colvert with a T, mm-hmm. our, our producer. Thank you to Ryan Connor, our engineer. Thank you to everybody at Earwolf. Uh-huh. Thank um, you, Ben Wise, for the music. Yes. And thank you, listener, for listening. Uh, tell a friend. Leave a review. We love you. Mm-hmm.